0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. It is God's will that you win, that you overcome, that you win again and again and again. He didn't make you a loser. He made you an overcomer. That's what the scripture says. Don't believe what you've seen and how you feel. Believe what he said. What he said about you is right. Everybody said out loud, I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And I am an overcomer. I am more, than more than a conqueror. Victorious, victorious. in the anointed one the anointed. and his anointing. His anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, all of us agree together is touching this. And we're asking you for utterance today and ears and eyes and hearts and minds open to understand. Open the scriptures to us. Help us to see how things really are. To see you and who and what you are and your plan and your ways. We desire to know you more and to know your ways and to please you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you look in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, please? 1 Corinthians 10. We've been looking, um, working on, on a series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And Hebrews 3 and 1 Corinthians 10 are our New Testament texts. And 1 Corinthians 10, he says, verse 1, Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant... How that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, were all baptized to Moses in the cloud, in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual food. They did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. People do themselves a great disservice when they neglect the Old Testament. It is the Word of God. And unless it's modified by something in the new, Or by the coming of Jesus, it stands as it is written, truth forever. And here he's telling and showing us that all the things that happened to them are beautiful pictures of Christ and the work of the cross and redemption. When we see water coming out of the rock and satisfying the thirst in the desert of all those hundreds of thousands of people and their livestock, that's a picture of Christ. That rock uh, was Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, But with many of them, verse 5, it says, God was not well pleased. Now already from what we've learned about faith, what do we know must have been lacking then? Eighteen. Faith, because Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, mm-hmm. it is impossible to please him. So there had to be a, an absence, uh, a, a severe lack of faith for this kind of situation to develop. They were overthrown in the wilderness. And when you have an absence of faith, you have a lack of victory. Can you see that? They were overthrown. That's failure. That's defeat. That's destruction. But that wasn't God's will. That was the result of lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of listening to God. Now these things are our examples To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And that's exactly where we are in our study of the seventh event. We're about to read this, what what happened that he's describing in verse 7. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day. Three and 20,000. Destruction. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. What's he telling us? Don't do that so that that doesn't happen to you. Are any of these things relevant to us today? They, They have to be or why do you take whole chapters in the New Testament to talk about it? Verse uh, 11, now all these things happen to them for examples and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Uh, Let's go back then to Exodus, the 19th chapter. And like we said, we're looking at these 10 events that led up to them not going into the promised land. And we've already covered six of them. And now we're on uh, number seven, what happened at Mount Sinai uh, or Horeb. And in Exodus 19, this is when they arrived there. And as we saw yesterday, uh, he said, verse four, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians. You saw how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you'll obey my voice and keep my covenant, you'll be a peculiar treasure to be to me above all people for all the earth is mine and you'll be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation that was God's plan good somebody say good 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 and all good and only good and yet if you look at what's recorded over in Deuteronomy and other places here in Exodus about what they said and Numbers they said more than once. He brought us out here to kill us. He hates us. He brought us out here to kill us. Now, we must not look at that and go, well, oh, they were just having issues back then. We just got through reading scriptures that said, don't let it happen to you today. Mm-hmm. Right? No. Are there anybody today that in, in the world, even church-going people, that think God's got it in for them? God's against them somehow? Yeah. All kind of people believe some junk like this. And the scripture said, you know, in Hebrews 11, that great faith chapter, verse 6. He said, uh, we, we just quoted it earlier, without faith, it's impossible to please him for he that comes to God must, it's not optional, it's required, must believe, and he mentions two things, must believe that God is and you must believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now let me read this to you from another couple of translations from the, uh, uh, the New American Standard. says it like this. Without faith it's impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe he exists. Well certainly. If you don't believe God exists... You're not going to pray, right? You're not going to seek him. He don't. You don't think he exists. So you got to believe he exists. And if he exists, and if he exists as God, well then God has the knowledge. He has the wisdom. He has the power. If you believe he exists, you, you also believe he has power. But that's not where you stop. And you must believe that he proves to be the one. Who rewards those who seek him. And in looking up some of these words, that, that, that seems to be real accurate. We might say like this. He, he turns out to be the one who rewards those who seek him. And we're told we have to believe that to make any progress, to even get to God, and, and to receive from him and follow him and, and on and on. What? You got to believe he exists, but you got to go beyond that. You got to believe that if you reach out to him and you're looking to him for help, it's help you'll get. Right? That it'll turn out to be that he is a good God to you, that he is a rewarder, he is a helper, he is a blesser, he's a healer, he's a provider, he's a protector. Do you believe it, class? Well, now, that that might sound obvious. And you see what he said? He said, you've seen what I've done for you already. You saw how I got you out of Egypt. You saw the signs and wonders that it took to get you out. And you saw how I have brought you right out of bondage like on eagle's wings. You You sailed out of slavery, and I got you on a track for the promised land. And he said, if you'll listen to me, if you'll hear me, do what I tell you. You'll be a special people to me above all the people that's on the face of the world. You'll be a holy nation of priests to me. Special people to me. Well, that don't sound like God's got it in for you. God's against you. God hates you. I'm quoting them. They said, he hates us. He just hates us. I don't know why. You're believing lies. He doesn't hate you. All he wants you to do is listen to him. And it's not to give him uh, an ego boost. See, people get all kind of weird ideas about these things. But go to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6 and notice this. This is a very simple phrase, but it is so powerful. God is a good god. Yes, he is. Hmm? Yes. Do you believe it class? Yes, I do. I'm talking to the big class, the whole class. Do you believe it? God is a bit if you're thinking, I just don't know. I've I've seen so much bad. Yeah, but was it him? The bad you saw. The tragedy you experienced. The loss you was it him? You sure it was him? Why do you think it's him? There's a devil around. He's stealing, killing and destroying. What about yourself? What if you make dumb choices? Right? What does, does that mean God was responsible? See, no, no, no. God's a good God. He's, he's good. And like the psalmist said, He does good. And He is a rewarder. Is that right? He's a rewarder of those that reach out for Him. And those that seek Him. What do you say? Ask it'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. What's he telling you? You will not come to me and reach out to me in vain. Nobody ever trusted in him and was disappointed. It's written. Nobody ever trusted in him and was made ashamed. And he's not going to start with you, dear one. Deuteronomy 6 and 21 He said, in time to come, you will tell your children these things. You'll say, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our father's. Said out loud. He brought, us out he brought us out to kill us in the desert? No. No. Said out loud. He brought, out he brought us out to do what with you? To bring you in. He brought you out of bondage. Out of sin. Out of slavery. Out of all of that. Out of darkness. To bring you into the kingdom of his dear son. Into the glorious light. Into the promised land. Right? Not to bring you out to perish. God didn't call you. God didn't save you to watch you spiral down the drain and go, just remember, I'm here. Just remember. No. Like the psalmist said, Psalm 91, he said, I'll be with him in trouble. Went on to say, I will deliver him. Hallelujah. Not just I'll be there and watch you while you go down. And, and, you know, just tell you uh, there's mysterious reasons why I'm not helping you out. You won't know it right now. That's not true. It's not true. Say it out loud. He brought us out, brought us out. To, bring us to bring us in. Bring you in where? The promised land. Canaan land. Flows with milk and honey. All the, the, the riches of the blessings in Christ. And so verse 24 goes on to say this, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God, why? Are you reading there verse 24, why? For our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. The complete Jewish Bible verse 24 says, always for our own good, so that he might keep us alive as we are today. Say out loud three times. Always, Always for, our own good. for our own good. Say it with me now. Always, Always for our own, own good. good. One more time. Always, Always for our own good. own good. God is not insecure. He, he's not needy. It's not like He's trying to lord it over us to... Uh, build him up some way or something he needs from us, when he tells you to do something, it's always for your own good. Now if you give him genuine love and faith, uh, he'll receive it and he enjoys it. But when he tells you to do something, he's not playing games with you. There's no reverse psychology going on. Are y'all with me, class? No, don't you believe any of this junk. Some of this junk is taught from the pulpits of churches. All this twisted, convoluted. You got uh, some people trying to say that, you know, uh, God is, is working with the devil somehow and they're working together to. Co- well, if they are, we might as well just quit because, right? If God and the devil are working together, we ain't got a chance. No. No, the problem is not. With God doing stuff that's bad for us and we'll never understand it. Say it out loud again. Always. Always. For, my own good. for my own good. When He tells you something, that's what it's gonna be. A thousand times out of a thousand. When He says, do this, stop doing this, change this. Tell me what it is. Always. <laughs> It'll always be for my own good. Can you say amen? Amen. Do you believe it? Well, that has to do with you believing that he is a rewarder. He's a good God. He's always got your best interest. Always. Your best interest. And there'll be times where it looks like it costs you something. It looks like it's hard or challenging. You don't understand. But if you just trust him and just stay with him, there'll come a time when you look back and go, oh, thank God. Thank God. He was looking out for me. Right? I didn't have sense enough to see. I wasn't developed enough to even understand it then. But all you got to do is trust him. Just trust him. Listen to him. Follow him always, say it again, always, always. For, our good. for our good. Go back with me if you would to Exodus 19. You begin to see why he's saying these things. Because up until this point, they have not been convinced. Of what we were just shouting about. They're not convinced. They keep saying things like, he brought us out here to kill us which was a lie. But if you believe the lie, you're deceived, you think it's true. You will act on that. Of course, if you believe that God is out to get you, He has some kind of perverted pleasure in seeing you squirm, and seeing you suffer and die, well, that's not going to make you feel warm towards Him. Huh? But it's a lie. But they still believe the stuff. And what he wants to do, that's why he's telling them. He said, now, you've already seen what I've done for you. you not didn't, I, I didn't let Pharaoh and his army destroy you. I didn't let the plagues get you. I've kept you. I've spared you. I protected you firstborn. I've, I've given you water when you didn't have any. I, I've given you bread out of the sky. I, I've given you meat to eat. I, I've taken care of you. I've brought you out of here Like eagle's wings. And if you listen to me, I'm paraphrasing a little bit now, I got plans for you. You're going to be special to me among all the peoples on the planet. You'll be holy and a rare treasure to me and a nation and kingdom of priests. That doesn't sound like God's trying to kill you, right? Now, why am I keep going over this? Because even though It seemed so obvious, he was unable to convince them. God was unable to convince them to believe this because he's not going to force them to do something against their will. And what happened next should have been convincing. He told them, he said, uh, he told Moses, he'd tell the people, get ready. I'm coming. Actually, what he did is he came and had a meal with them. (laughs) Who's coming to supper? (laughs) Jehovah, (laughs) the Almighty. Uh, He said, "Tell tell them, get cleaned up, get your good clothes on, put a border around the base of this mountain. Nobody can come up this mountain lest they die. Nobody can see me and live. And get ready on the third day, I'm coming to see you. And so verse 16, it came to pass on the third day in the morning, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Everybody knows this is not a normal natural phenomenon. There's shaking and thundering and lightning and there's this giant cloud, and then there's a trumpet blast that just keeps getting louder and louder and louder and sustain and sustain, and the people were just scared out of their wits. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. <laughs> Whew. The one who created the universe. And they stood at the nether part of the mount, and Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. The whole place was shaken. fire and smoke just going straight up over the whole mountain up into heaven. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by a voice. Whew. Now, you know, you would think, after experiencing something like this, you'd never have any trouble believing God, <laughs> that he's real, right? And that he's powerful, and that he can do anything, but wasn't the case. The Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and charge the people, lest they break through to the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. If they had tried to go up into the mountain, they'd have have died, they'd have been destroyed. The power of God was just too great for for mortal flesh to endure. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said, The people can't come up. You told us to set bounds. And verse 24, The Lord said to them, Away, get you down. You come up, you and Aaron with you, and let not the priests and people break through. And so Moses went down to the people and told them. And God spoke all these words. And this is where we get the Ten Commandments that were written in stone. And this is not our study to go through all of these, but I want you to notice the first two. The first two. What are they? I'm the Lord that brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Number one. What's number two? You shall not make to you any graven image Any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you will not bow down yourself to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. What's the first two things he told them? No other gods before me, beside me. No other. What's the other one? No graven images. You don't make any graven images that you pray to, you bow to, you worship, you serve, none. Have you read the rest of this story? Now, if you back up to uh, verse 8, 19.8, even prior to this, when the Lord told them He was coming, even prior to what they experienced on the mount, The people answered together, verse 8, when Moses told them what the Lord said he's coming. They said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And when he got through giving them all these instructions, they said it again. They said, everything he said, we will do. And yet, not many days later, They violated the very first things that he said, "Don't do." Uh, Look look in twenty chapter twenty four, verse three. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and this was after they had seen the fire on the mountain and Moses was up there for all this and heard these commandments, ten commandments and other things. And they had said to him, you go talk to him. Because if we hear this voice again, we think we'll all die. And, and he said, "He said, okay. And, and the Lord said, they said, well. And the people answered with one voice. And they said, all the words which the Lord has said to us, we will do. We will do it. And yet, less than six weeks later, they violate the first two. They break the first two commandments. How can that be? When you look at it from this perspective, from our perspective looking back, it just seems almost bizarre to to try to think that could happen. And yet, in the New Testament, we're told, don't let it happen to you. Right. Right? Don't let it happen to you. Well, it's because... Whatever the Lord commands you and shows you, first of all, is it for your good? Always. Always for your good. Then that's the thing the enemy is going to beat on to tempt you, to get you to do, because he wants to destroy you. Can you see that? And if he can get you to break the commandments and ignore what God said for your good and rebel and disobey God then he gets access to steal and kill and destroy even though it's not the will and plan of God it was your choice or my choice or their choice but by the grace of God we don't have to do that somebody say I don't have to do that I don't have to disobey I don't have to ignore God I choose with his help to listen and obey And it'll be well with me for my good always. always. (laughs) Hallelujah. Our time's up again today. We'll see you tomorrow back in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website. Our call is at 941-702-7390. Nine four one seven zero two seven three nine zero.